Welcome to The Gabby Ree Show, where everything is an experiment. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I'm going to do a solo episode today and sort of maybe just review some of the previous shows and kind of talk about training. I know it's supposedly we're moving into spring, but it really has been winter. I know for all of us, even in California, it's been cold and rainy. Uh, I'll start there. I think I, not that I beat myself up, but I, I'm always, you know, doing less is always harder for me. And then they're like, it's like you're balancing. Am I genuinely tired? And is it cold? And is, is this a time I should be listening to my body and doing things that are a little more yin? And I can barely even say that word. And then I'll do that. Like I'll do more stretching or just kind of lower toned workouts but then I'm sort of beating myself up the whole time, like completely hammering down on the fact that I'm not training as hard as I should be. So it's an interesting thing. It's like, am I, it's like, why bother? So I will say that during these darker mornings, colder days, and I don't have an event coming up that I accept that it's a cycle seasonally and that I can't just be grinding it out the way I do maybe in June, July, and August. So I have been navigating that. I have really upped my protein intake, which has helped me. And I'm doing it mostly through just like anytime I'm going to grab something to eat and snack, I'll make sure that there's enough fat. So I get that satisfaction, but really focusing on protein because after talking to Dr. Gabrielle Lyon and Dr. Stacey Sims and just kind of really everyone just getting that protein, but occasionally I will have a protein smoothie and my only thing with that is I try to avoid liquids in general because that whole notion of consuming a liquid without, you know, so getting calories and sugar without uh, fiber, I've been always trying to avoid. I mean, back to Dr. Robert Lustig, who really talks about what happens when you drink things without, you know, with, with sugar and calories, how that at times can go more to the liver first. So I've been avoiding that. However, I will do it just to get the protein. And I, I notice a difference. I feel kind of less inflamed and maybe it, it's not that I'm just supporting my muscle tissue with protein. It's then I'm eating less of the other things, but I'm not going to lie. I will eat, if it's a high quality bread, like it's risen, I will have it. I don't, I don't have it a lot, but I will have it. Uh, like Laird, for example, really doesn't eat that kind of stuff. I'll have a little bit here and there. Because I don't know. I don't know if it keeps me in check where then I don't go crazy on anything. But typically my nutrition consists of real food, fruits and vegetables, and high quality animal protein. I have been feeling like I'm a little bit off cooking. I'm kind of, I don't want to say over it. Uh, luckily, one of my daughters came home for a bit and she is a good cook. So she's kind of taken over. But I, I go through phases and that's in everything. In my training, even how focused I am. It's like it goes in and out. And and rather than judging it, which I do, I try to just observe it. And speaking of routines, one of the interviews I had was with Brian Johnson. I don't know if you've checked him out, but Brian is a gentleman who his company had sold Venmo to PayPal and eBay for quite a lot of money. And after that, he had been battling depression and he sort of decided that he was going to go on this experiment. And I always found it interesting. People really got into an uproar. It's just funny to me that people get 
mad that like someone's doing this experiment. It's like, listen, it's his time, his body, his money. Let's see what happens. And it was fascinating. I went to his home. He was really kind and generous and very different than myself as far as, you know, kind of living philosophies. And there was something really interesting that he said to me. So he said, Hey, listen, I had had, I let my mind be in charge and it didn't do a great job. He talked about firing nighttime Brian, which I thought was interesting and uh, just kind of using all these metrics. He's measuring metrics. So he, he's eating the same foods, taking the same 105 or so supplements each day and kind of measuring 200 data points, even like the skin though. And it's, and it, maybe it's not it's not just about slow aging. It's like, could you reverse kind of your biological age and, and things by these practices? And there wasn't a ton of room for spontaneity, maybe a different type of activity. Like you could go hiking one day and play basketball another day. But otherwise, from 5.30 to 9.30 a.m., it was the same routine, eating the same foods every day, which does fly in the face of talking about being biodiverse and having a lot of uh, diverse foods and colors and things in your diet. However, I understand because he's doing a baseline study. So it's like, okay, well, if you change one little thing, then what was the thing that impacted the end result? So I get why he's doing it, but it was fascinating. He's been doing it close to two years. And when you ask him like, how long are you going to do it? He's like forever. So I'll be interested to see what happens. If you haven't checked out Brian Johnson and you're interested in that, he's very bright. But one of the things he said to me is he goes, hey, when you leave here, like you're going to kind of beat yourself up that you didn't ask me certain things, which happens, by the way, after every interview. I never know what information I got. Was there real value? Was there kind of a stream of consciousness? I'm always like, I don't know. But he said, you know, and you'll kind of beat yourself up about it. And I thought, oh, yeah, no, I won't. I'll notice and I'll be like, Oh, I should have asked that. But that also made me realize that sometimes like someone like Brian, who's in a different way, way more intelligent than me and probably way more internally critical, which might have also led to some of the, you know, depression is the word he used that. So it's it's also, I think when people experience that kind of anxiety or or sadness, that they're, they have sort of an acute awareness about other things. And then also they're tough on themselves. I'm tough on myself, but not that tough. So I, I realized I was like, oh yeah, no, Brian, I'm like a blue collar, like kind of regular girl compared to what you have going on, you know, on inside of your head. So I really enjoyed it. And I also really appreciated that people really are so passionate about like what other people are doing. And that's just indicative of like the world around us, right? If like, if someone isn't hurting somebody and they want to do something like ice only their left big toe every day for eight minutes, people like, why do they react to things? We get that too with XPT. We have people writing us being like, there's no health issues. Or if you have a heart thing, you should be careful. It's like, of course, However, this is a very old practice that people have enjoyed, whether it's because it's difficult and you overcome something or whether that's hormone regulation or anything like that. But I, I'm always um, kind of really surprised that not only that people react, but also that they'll take time to comment and things like that. But hey, listen, I guess, you know, we're all working it out. I did speak also with Dan Garner. And what I love about Dan is just how passionate he is 
there were several key takeaways. One was about getting blood work and getting the right person to read your blood work. But the other thing that was came across, I asked them about seed oils, right? Because I bang on all the time about it. Oh, coconut oil and then uh, olive oil and avocado oil. And he added mac nut oil. He really likes it. But what he said is, because you know, my dilemma was like Andrew Huberman, who I respect so much, him and Rob Moore, who's basically his producer and partner, they don't really have an issue. They don't think there's enough data about seed oils. But what Dan Garner said, because I asked him about it, which I thought was a, a great uh, differentiating point, was he doesn't think there's any bad ingredients. He thinks that there's just sort of bad nutrition. And so maybe basically simplifying it is a lot of the products that we buy that are have a lot of junk in them have these sort of less expensive uh, seed oils. So I thought that that was a great uh, differentiating point. So I don't know if it brings any clarity to that or not. But back to kind of winter transitioning into spring training for several months, I have been slower and a little more quiet. And on the days I have more energy, I go for it. But generally the only way I'm still kind of getting it done is on the days that I can meet with other people and train with them because then I have to show up. I have, so I'll be on time. I have to train at that specific time and the output's bigger because I'm actually drafting and feeding off of their energy. So if I could encourage you, let's say you're having a hard time getting going because you live in a place that it's cold or it's gray, or maybe you're just having a hard time getting going. Like you haven't been training in a long time or ever. So I would say, can you create that community? You've got to have one or two people because then it's that feeding off of each other to get it done. Because I really don't care who you are. I've met a few but not many who can generate the kind of energy that we need to really see benefits from exercise, at least sprinkled throughout our routine, right? Like it's fine. Walking is so valuable and so important and you may not need someone to do that well, but on some of that others where you want to get that kind of jump in heart rate or a little more intensity throughout the week, I really feel that we need someone or someone's to get that done. So that was my point of going on to that tangent. So I'm not sure where you're at, just giving you that reminder and also reminding you that kind of everybody goes through it. I mean, Laird, honestly, when there's no waves, he sits at our counter some days and it'll be like, okay, we'll lift weights, go pool training, heat, ice, whatever. Um, and these are real luxuries to be able to have these options, but he wants to be in nature and he wants to be riding waves. And he, I think he just looks at you know, kind of banging iron for the sake of banging iron as a colossal waste of time. And he's genuinely not only confused by it, but I see him almost get like depressed because it's it's kind of not creative and not doing. And for him, it's like, yeah, let's go do something really, really hard, but let's be in nature and let's like, that's being alive and living. And, and sometimes we've been Taylor for 27 years. And I have to say that this is something I've observed about him for 27 years is that kind of the way that the world works for him, like people being in traffic and frustrated and on a kind of this hedonistic hedonic treadmill, it really is hard on him. And then I, I start thinking, Oh God, this guy, he's got to get it together. And then actually I think after that, Oh no, he's right. And I'm going to use him as a North star to help me not get too stuck on that treadmill myself. And so it can be challenging to live with that kind of perspective of somebody, but what you realize is 
There might be someone in your life where they don't think something is right. And I don't mean in a moral way, but just like, why do we do it this way? And rather than bucking up against it or trying to get them to conform, I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. There's some weird stuff. We do a lot of weird things. And being together and appreciating nature and doing these things would serve us better. But we don't live in a world like that. So I've learned that that dance, it's like anything in marriage. I think if you're in a relationship, never mind marriage, is what is that thing that the person is saying and where does that come from? And is there real validity that can actually support or improve the way we see things? Um, because they're uncomfortable. I, I find sometimes I, I hear him and I just want to solve it or be like, you shouldn't feel that way. But then I go, oh, no, let him. And then also, you know, what is the value or the truth in that, that I can be better or I can look at it differently or things like that. And for him, like the computer and social media and all that stuff, I think he's just like, what are we all doing? Which is an interesting question. Like, what are we all doing? And I think most of us have been feeling that way. I think COVID has really brought that into perspective. I think the media doing their really best to keep us all thinking that we're at odds with one another all the time is, I think, brought into focus on like, what are we doing? And why do I have my face? Like we call it in our house, uh, face in the block, like on the phone, like we have our face in the block a lot. And is this what life is now? And you'll have a younger group that may be has been raised with that technology, but I think it is a universal question. And and yes, there's a lot of great things that technology brings into our world. But on the humanity side, is there small ways, just small, to keep cultivating just humanity, you know? So whether it's, you know, connecting for five seconds at the store. I find it even with uh, one of my daughters in particular, it becomes increasingly harder, I think, for the younger group to just simply have a conversation. And I don't mean attention span. I mean like eye contact. And so that's something I'm going to keep working on. I'm going to keep working on making that easy, not only for the people I are that are in my life and my friends, but even when I have daily interactions with all types of people is just to make that as easy as possible. Because I, my hope is that we don't, you know, we don't lose that or that we think it's normal that we um, aren't connecting and there's no fighting that the technology's coming unless a giant solar flare arrives. But can we find a better way to exist within it? I don't know. I, I really don't. I'm perplexed by the whole thing. And it just becomes increasingly. And the way it gets kind of weaponized against us is um, it's heavy to observe. And it's really powerful and impactful. So maybe if we just all collectively pay attention, be more alert about it. And then every chance we get to be a little kinder or a little more loving or a little more connected, that we have the courage to do that. It doesn't take long. It really doesn't. So I've been really thinking about, you know, getting busier. I think as as uh, people go through time, the whole idea is like, oh, I'm just going to be able to work less. Well, certainly this idea of like, if we're doing something that we don't love to do, yes, I understand that. But I think as we get older, it's actually important to to continue to participate and be busier. And this this was even confirmed. I did a podcast with Stephen Kotler, his book out, NAR Country, G-N-A-R. And this whole idea of, oh, can you 
can you teach an, you know, an old dog new tricks? Certainly he shows in this experiment that you can and scientifically how the left and the right uh, hemisphere of the brain actually communicate better starting at age 50, as long as, you know, sort of protecting our cognitive function and health. And, you know, I've heard something interesting where they're saying Alzheimer's should really be called diabetes three, that it is a lifestyle component. I don't really know. I haven't dug into that research yet, but I thought that was sort of interesting. And it's not the first time I heard that where it's like, hey, that chronic inflammation, um, Perlmutter mentioned it in Grain Brain, where it's like that chronic inflammation that we might feel in our body is a signal. We know it's like, oh, that hurts. You know, my elbow hurts, but in our brain, we can't. And so I thought that it was really interesting where Kotler talked about all these you know, doing novel things in nature with people uh, really does keep, you know, your cognitive function uh, sort of working at a higher level, but um, just sort of all the other benefits. So I really enjoyed talking to him because it was a great reminder. And I think the three things, what did he talk about? Sort of certain things have to happen. One is sort of knowing who you are. And that's, that's an interesting question for me, because how do we know who we are and know our truths and sort of feel like we live in those and simultaneously release everything all at once all the time so that we're not setting up, you know, like in concrete, like, well, this is how it is because it's so easy to do. So it's like this weird mixture of knowing who we are. So Collar talks about that. And then secondly, it's kind of having our external life, our jobs kind of reflect that person. And then finally, forgiving ourselves and forgiving others. Like he talks the real importance of those three things happening in our life. And, and that feels really true. I think for all of us, we, we could all say we had a story about when we were younger and um, I wish they would teach us when we're young that to embrace those stories as the thing that got us to where we are versus wearing that as a code of damage. Um, And certainly that's easier said than done, especially if you've had something really hard or horrific happened to you. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about most of us have something that has happened or many things. And if we can survive it, it's like the thing that got us there. But then how do we then just let that go? So anyway, so going back to wanting to be busier now that my girls are bigger, they don't really need me as much. They don't really want me as much. It's just, uh, it's just how can I participate? How can I contribute? How can I bring what little I know into the world around me? Would I be willing to mentor somebody or many people and kind of usher them into this world? And um, that, that feels like something that's that's really important. It, it's very, it's it sort of really echoes Albert C. Brooks' book where it's strength to strength, where it's like, hey, listen, we're sort of doing one thing. And then this idea of of really helping. But Stephen Kotler talked about that. And some I've been listening to a lot of people who really say like, hey, we have a responsibility too, to help whoever you can in whichever way we can. And that only brings value back to us. My podcast with Jill Miller, she's just incredible. She has a new book out and she can really teach you how to take care of yourself. You know, these are the kind of people that it's like Jill Miller or even Kelly Starrett, where it's like, yeah, we want to help you so that you don't have to see us anymore kind of thing. And I really appreciated that. And so one of the things she said, because I've known her a few years now, I was looking at her physique and I was like, you know, she's almost middle-aged. And I was like, "What? you look better than you've looked and you know her muscularity and I it doesn't mean she's bulky it's like just the tone 
And she said that she had increased her protein intake. So that goes back to the first thing I was talking about. And she was certainly one of the inspirations, but just really paying attention to getting enough protein. And so she was a, a great example of that. Cause I, like I said, I've known her for several years and I'm like, man, she has never looked better. And she has two little kids. So that was um, just a great example of that in, in practice and in play. When I'm recording this, my podcast with Christian McCaffrey was out and there were so many incredible takeaways in, in that podcast. But I think as far as relating to us, you and I, the thing he said, because this is a guy who measures stuff and, you know, he gets his blood several times a year to check where he's at on allergies and everything else. And he does all kinds of stuff in order to be able to do that job. It's very, very difficult. So really sophisticated that it was like all these things in place, all the structure and training and treatments and different modalities and all of it, supplementation and other. And he said, yeah, but he still asks himself, like, how is that working? Or how do I feel? And I think a lot of us, and I, I, I think I posted about this. It's like, listen, if you have a physical practice, it's so important. Seems to be the theme today to go like, how am I feeling? And it isn't, I'm feeling lazy or uninspired. I mean, like in the depths, like in your bones, in your cells, like, are you tired? Or, you know, that's the problem sometimes for me with all these measuring devices, your, your ring or your thing might say, Hey, you're, it's terrible for you. You shouldn't, and you feel great. And your output could be double. So I just want to remind people that I think the most helpful tool in this world that we live in with people measuring and grams of protein and, you know, heart rate variability and all this stuff is that we have to check in with ourselves and we can't just, let's not get so mired in the data that we don't, that we lose that ability because that guides us into everything to know how we're feeling and responding to things. And, and we're so similar. And of course, though, we're so different. So what might be working for a friend of yours may or may not work well for you. And that's on you or something could be going on in your life or your relationship. And it's on you to go, hey, this is working or this isn't working. And just to, you know, we call it clear the decks. Just keep clearing those decks every single day with everyone and everything in your life, because then it's just easier to navigate. So we don't get under the pile of like, oh, my relationship or things with my kids or things at my job or things with my friends or just whatever that, you know, we're always checking in because it's your life, you know, and no, no gadget is going to tell you better than you if you can really tap into that and be honest. And I think it's even using it. I, I interviewed uh, Laura Day. She's intuitive. And I think when we talk about using your intuition, it's like, that just makes everything else more obvious. So if you're navigating business, for example, I think if that's all tuned up in you, doesn't mean that those challenges aren't there, but it means finding the answers of the solutions that are right for you, I think show up easier. 
we sometimes get steered away from that, you know, or we think other people have all the answers. And I just really don't think that's, that's the case. So I just want to remind you of trusting yourself. And it's scary. Like, what do I know? I don't know anything, right? But one thing you know is kind of yourself and what's on your heart. Don't overlook that. COVID. I mean, are we still in COVID? I don't know. This whole thing. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you notice if you ever listen to this podcast with any regularity, I really have stayed away from all of this because I don't think you can come out of this conversation winning with anything. But just again, keeps bringing to top of pile that we really have to take care of our health and we can't entrust that to anyone else and to be our best advocate and to keep looking for that information that feels and lands well for us. That doesn't mean it has to be the same, but that you just don't want to, you don't want to dole that out because sometimes it's like, oh, that worked. Oh no, that didn't work. Or we thought this was good, but maybe it's not good. It's just like, how can we on a baseline, basic way without getting crazy, take care of our health. But the other part for me that I feel like we could all unite on because we can't, we definitely can't unite on anything else around COVID or any of it, but is just having that freedom, those choices. I think uh, no one's going to dispute that freedom is important to all of us. And so my whole thing is just coming together around, um, you know, sovereignty and, and personal freedom, because that's a real gift. And I don't, I don't know that we want to give that away. And I don't want to fight. I'm not here to fight. I have my convictions about things. I live a certain way. I'm not here to push those beliefs on anyone, but I'm certainly also hoping that I can have the freedom that I don't have to get that pushed on me as well. So COVID has, I know, been exhausting and taken out a lot of people in, in different ways, physically, financially, emotionally, and just that if you have the strength to be steadfast and to kind of put that into the ether that, um, you know, we help things move forward, even though it seems pretty tricky right now, for sure. <laughs> uh, so on a completely superficial note, I saw Mark Sisson the other day and Mark Sisson is the creator of Primal Kitchen. And now, and this is what I want to share with you, there is a new shoe that he created. He didn't ask me to do this. I don't work with the company. It's called Peluva, P-E-L-U-V-A. And it's a five-fingered toe shoe. So a lot of people are like, oh, the way it looks. However, um, we've been training in it and it's really badass. The other thing too would be, let's say you normally in your day-to-day life, you have to wear shoes. Fine. So when you train and you're, you don't care if people think, you know, you look silly or not. It'll hold, so instead of like getting yoga toes, for example, this is an opportunity you can walk around and train in this and just kind of keep spreading the toes and getting those feet open. So they did a really good job. So I just want to share that with you. So, you know, Paluva, P-E-L-U-V-A, Mark Sisson, he's been wearing forever and ever. And I think he's really excited about this company. So we'll see. On another superficial note, <laughs> I have, uh, I've talked about that I got Morpheus, I guess about five, six weeks ago. And people asked me how I 
people, women have asked me the results. And so what I will say is that it was told to me that three is the magic number that not to go too deep. So I just want to say, if people are exploring this, make sure you're going to somebody that doesn't go too deep into the skin. And I do notice a difference in my skin, but in total transparency, they also did um, fat grafting. So what they do is from like the waist, I guess it's a version of liposuction, but it, there's no no downtime on your body. They put it um, in places that they think you need it. So I think that that also accentuated the outcome. But it, I've had one, the skin seemed good. I looked puffy for about three or four days and a little beat up and then nothing really after that. So I just want to share that because I did mention it. So those are my, that was my superficial timeout. I try to avoid that a little bit, but you know, I am, I do have a little bit of that still. (laughs) And, you know, I've been talking a lot with Laird just about, you know, like, what do we want to do next? And it's really interesting where, you know, I think you have to go where you're naturally attracted. I think that's so important, but there has to be an element to a strategy. And so, you know, whether it's with our businesses, with Laird Superfood or XPT or Laird Apparel, which I'm excited about, they're doing a women's line. So that's really cool. And they're actually opening up a store. It's it's having in place simultaneously to like your heart's desire to that strategy. So I just re-bringing that up because that does take effort and takes planning and um, it takes calling people. Sometimes, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, like there's somebody you want to call about a business situation and it's kind of uncomfortable. Like you want to ask their opinion or you want to see maybe if they would do something with you. And I just want to say that don't let that get in the way of making the call because if they don't want to do something with you, they'll tell you. But if you don't ask, you will never know. And so I, I just, that keeps showing up to me over and over. Like the older I get, the more I'm like, I'm just going to call. And even if it's like, can you give me advice or would you be open to doing this project or anything? It's not letting the dread of someone saying no to something or being like, it's not for me to keep you from doing it because you just don't know what's going to happen. And so many people I know that really like get stuff done, they just have a lot of balls. Like they just go for it and ask the questions and and kind of look around the corners. And sometimes I'm I'm less like that, but I just want to remind you that it's it's so, so important to like make make those calls, send those emails. And conversely, on your side, not be afraid that if people call you and they want whatever, just say, hey, this isn't the time for me or I don't have the bandwidth or whatever. That's okay too. So it works both ways. I talk a lot about that I don't sleep well. And um, I just want to say that that has been an ongoing thing for me. But what I will say is I have been going to bed earlier and I have been waking up a little bit earlier and been really consistent on the time. And that has helped me get it done. That has really helped me improve my sleep and the quality of my sleep. So cool room, no lights. I'm so guilty of watching something before I go to bed because it's my my only time. The only time I can do, listen to, read, watch anything that I want is before I go to bed because I live in a house with a family and, you know, they watch what they want to watch and I don't care that much to wrestle them to the ground for it. 
So I'm still guilty of that. I just do it a lot earlier. So I will say that has helped me get into sleep better. Um, I haven't, I've been doing the red bed as well. So if you ever have access to a red bed, they sort of talk about seven things that do some mitochondrial uncoupling. Six of them are nutritious, nutritional, and apparently, and I don't know if this is true, one of them is with the red light bed. So I've been doing that for 15 minutes more consistently, and it seems to be helping. But besides that, I'm not particularly impressed with my um, physical output at this time, but I'm going to start gearing up. I have been working on some of the things that I'm I'm a little weaker on, like my flexibility practice. Oh, another person I want to share with you that I like a lot, I don't even know him, I've never interviewed him or anything, is the Human Garage. I think they have a really beautiful little system. So if you go online, you can follow one of their YouTube five minute, 12 minute, 45 minute stretching routines. And I really liked it. So Human Garage, Jill Miller, and always Kelly Starrett, The Ready State. They have a new book coming out that is called Built to Move. And it's excellent. So I want to say that if you don't listen to that podcast or you don't hear that, hear me that this is so good. So Kelly wrote uh, Becoming a Supple Leopard. And what he did is, and that thing is like a textbook. It is a beast. It's awesome. They took him and his wife, Juliet, who is brilliant. Together, they wrote Built to Move. And they basically peel out 10 essential habits that we have to work on and practice and even score ourselves on for sort of like just longevity and long living and movement and independence and all these things. And so like, I'll give you an example. I do so well on probably eight of them, truthfully, like, you know, sleep and hydration and my community and having an environment for play and things like that. But let me tell you, getting up and down off the floor, that's like one of my nightmares, right? I'm 6'3", I have long levers. So they're like, hey, if you can just get up without any assistance... Here's your score. Cool. That's not my score. My score. Oh, well, you need your hand. Yeah, that's me. Sometimes I need my knee, depending like if my hip hurts or whatever's happening. But what's so cool is it's very clear. So I have that as a, as a thing. And I'm always working on my squat technique. It's never great. I hinge like a beast. My squat, it's, it's not pretty. I'm going to tell you, it's just not pretty. So my point is, is that if I go, hey, listen, these other areas, pretty good. Just like keep doing what you're doing. And now you can put some real energy into the buggers that are biting you. It just makes it more achievable and and kind of like clear, like, oh, I know what I need to bite off instead of feeling like you have to do everything all the time, all at once, because that gets overwhelming and then we don't do anything. So I really appreciate this book. So depending on when this show airs, that book comes out uh, April 4th, uh, Built to Move. I think that the world is going through an interesting time, maybe, I don't want to say a hard time, but just an interesting time. And the fact that we have so much information at our fingertips, maybe it's always been like this, but the fact that we know so much, I think it makes it harder. And there are many times that I feel fearful, right? So what comes out of fear? Stress and anxiety, anger, aggression, you know, all these you know, the ones that we're, we don't want. And so when I notice any of these feelings, I personally get aggressive when I become afraid. I just armor up. 
and lean into everything. I just go, oh, what? I wonder what it is that you're afraid of or you're worried about. And I just ask myself that. It doesn't make it disappear. It makes me see it. It makes me know it. It makes me maybe not be able to be led by it or controlled by it. And I can even say to somebody close to me, like, hey, I'm. this is hard. But it does help it where I can shift over being more motivated actions, reactions from love and not from fear, which it just doesn't work. And that's the world that we're living in, right? Everyone's afraid and balking and things like that. That and your sense of humor. Like, I don't, I feel like we've lost our sense of humor. And so that's, if you say, Hey, what am I working on? So I'm going to be gearing up my workouts. I've been consistent. They just have not been very flashy. I definitely couldn't make power for a small community with the wattage I've been (laughs) creating lately. So I'm going to be gassing it up a little bit. uh, And I have been doing my flexibility and my sleep kind of training like I was committed to. And my nutrition's been pretty tight, but it's going to be more wattage. And also looking at things that I don't understand with curiosity and not with a preconceived idea or dismissal. Because that's easy for me to do. My my meaning maker, my brain is always trying to put everything in its place, like everybody, but even I, I have a pretty serious tendency towards it to just keep that openness alive. And like I said earlier, to know what I know and then just to let it all go and say, okay, I'm going to keep my mind open and my heart open. And when I do fear, feel fearful rather than be aggressive, I'm going to just find a way to make myself feel better. But my hope for all of you is that this show and these guests, I know they bring so much value into my life, are bringing the same value or you know, for some value to your life to just make it a little easier. And Laura Day, the intuitive talked about like, when you have resources, like what are you gonna do, sit on them? No, you gotta, you gotta share them. So maybe you're doing that in your own life. If you have anyone you would like me to interview or just, you have a question, I will take those. So in my next solo podcast, I can uh, answer that. Uh, I will tell you a conversation that I'm going to be having that I'm excited about. It's probably more female oriented, but Lauren Bostick, uh, she is one half of the Skinny Confidential. Her husband, uh, Michael Bostick, they created Dear Media. They're really a badass couple. I'll be talking to her. I think they're a really good example of kind of a modern day couple. They're in their 30s. They're kicking ass. They got two little kids. And I just know there's going to be a lot that I can learn from them because I lived differently. So with that, I look forward to hearing from you. I hope you are taking care of yourself, that you are genuinely, you know, finding the ways through your nutrition. I say that first because I think it's the killer through some kind of mindful practice. It doesn't mean some extensive meditation. It just means mindful and through being connected to people. Oh, that reminds me. Stephen Kotler does have a comment in his book that says all the biggest studies in the end, end, end game. And we know this from the Harvard study and from all the other things, that connection that really is the story for longevity and meaning. So I'm still going to start with nutrition because it's the hardest and the connection and sleep and stress management and hydration and that perspective because your frame of mind, what you believe about it 
that I don't think you can eat or move out of that. That's really such an important starting point. So I'm working on not comparing myself to my old self and not fighting where I am, but also not accepting status quo that, oh, well, that's all I can do because this is, you know, I'm this age or I do this. So I just want to remind you, define it for yourself. And that goes back to if I listen to myself and I know myself, then I can define it for myself and it just makes it easier. So make sure those people around you are, I hate the word positive, but just reinforcing those beliefs that you have and for who you're trying to be and, and, and who you are, because we can't do it alone. It's really, really hard. So I appreciate all of you. I appreciate your time. And as always, I send you wishes of love and health and adventure. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you want to learn more, there is a ton of valuable information on my website. Head to the link in the show notes and click gabbyreese.com to find a full breakdown with helpful links to studies, research, books, products, and more. Stay tuned for a bonus episode coming this Thursday where I go deeper on one of the topics that really resonated with me. If you have any questions for my guests or even myself, please send them to at Gabby Reese on Instagram. If you feel inspired, please hit the follow button, leave a rating and a comment. It not only helps me, it really helps the show grow and reach new listeners. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.